um, God gave the law. And, and there was an eternal remembrance Shabbat that's one of the, the three festivals where people are actually supposed to make pilgrimages. So people were actually coming to Jerusalem and they were making pilgrimages and the disciples were being the powerful men of God that they were called to be. They were up in the room huddled together with the doors locked, terrified. They weren't ready for anything. And as they were there in the, door, in the locked room, the Holy Spirit comes and it just blows open the doors and with tongues like of divided fire and a rushing wind, and it, it sends them out into the streets and they start speaking praise to God. And all the people hear God's praise spoken in their own languages. And remember how the people respond? I intentionally kept it out of the, the reading this morning. What did they think the disciples were? Drunk! These men are hammered. That's what's going on. And how does Peter respond? He says, no, these men are not drunk as you suspect. Why? It's too early. That's it. Not because they're not drinkers, but it's too early. It's only 9 o'clock. They might be hungover, but they're not drunk. Too early. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your young men shall, seem, shall dream dreams, and your, you know, your old people will prophesy. All right, I might have just reversed that. But basically, you're going to prophesy, you're going to dream dreams, it's going to be awesome. Even on the slaves, the male and female slaves, everybody's going to get the spirit. It's going to rock. That's what's going to happen. And so when it happens, how do we respond when something like that happens? They've lost it. Totally, they have gone off the deep end. How many of you have seen somebody get all excited about something and then you just like, they kind of scare you a little bit? Pentecost is a gift that we don't know what to do with. Pentecost, the idea of Pentecost is really cool. God's going to be in charge. God's going to send you out and make you do the things you don't want to do. And you're going to go up to people who think you're nuts and you're going to say, I prove to you I'm nuts. And here it is. This is kind of a, you know, those, the Chinese curse, may you live in interesting times. And we see that as a blessing. It's really not a blessing. May you live in interesting times. Most people don't want to live in interesting times. They want to live in nice times, and quiet times, and peaceful times, but not interesting times. This was an interesting, very, very interesting time. Jesus was getting his disciples ready. And he says, it's for your benefit, Phil, and I go away. I know you've been following me, but it's to your benefit that that I'm going to leave. And Phil's going, great. I believe that. There are things that I have to say to you that you are not ready to hear. Have any of you ever been in a situation where you were just not ready to hear something at a time in your life? It's like, you know you need something, and the worst thing that could happen is somebody to give you that good advice before it's ready. Because you're not going to hear it. 
Jesus says, you're not ready. I have things to say to you that you can't hear. Truth that must be spoken and communicated and lived, but you aren't ready. But the Spirit is coming, the Comforter, the Paraclete, all that good stuff. The interesting thing about the Jewish day of Shavuot and and that, that idea of Pentecost was that the law that was given on Sinai transformed the people. It was it bound them into a community that was new and exciting. And instead of being all these, you know, disparate peoples, they are, you know, they're they are now a people that is looked at and, and, and guided by God. And the Christian understanding of Pentecost is interesting because it's the same thing, it's transformation. But it's around the person of Jesus. Plato said something very interesting about truth. Plato said truth is something that emerges among good friends during good hours. Truth is something that emerges during good friends of good hours. How many of you have shared things that happened at book club where you have a glass of wine? Book club is great. I mean, I've only been to book club a few times and I kick myself every time I don't go because they have nice wine and they got good company and and they shoot the you-know-what and sometimes they even talk about the book. And they have a great time and then things come up and they talk about them and, and then you come away and you say, here's what I learned about the book and you hear what they learned about the book and you think, what? But... You didn't learn it with someone that you'd spend an hour with having a glass of wine and laughing and talking about your kids and what's going on. And the truth emerges during that time. Truth emerges among good friends during good hours. The miracle of Pentecost is not about speaking, people. It's not about people able to speak in tongues. It's about hearing. Each heard in a language they could understand. Are we in a situation where we can hear when God speaks? Are we ready for the truth that comes when God speaks? And when God speaks, you know, we're really pretty lucky because it's probably not going to be in rushing wind and, and fire. It's, you know, it's, thank God. It's probably going to be like book club in a conversation around a table. Or when you're dealing with Ann Polkinghorn and Don and you're trying to, 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 to find your way through that Swedish gate <clears throat> that's closed so that <clears throat> the family can just kind of take care of itself saying, we are here for you, and when you're ready to receive, and in that moment of exchange of casseroles, and don't, they don't want to be overwhelmed with casseroles, they've got plenty right now. But it's always, it is always an encounter with someone else where the truth of God is communicated. It is always an encounter with one another. The 
position on gay marriage didn't change because one day people woke up and says, well, that idea now makes sense to me. How many of you think it happened that way? It didn't happen that way. It happened because they realized their kid is gay. It happened because their best friend's child or mother or father or brother and sister, and they've loved them their whole lives, and how could they look at them any differently? How could the love that they have for one another be different? That Love is love is love is love is love. It's not complicated. It's really not. And you only get that through an encounter. Truth emerges among good friends during good hours. And how does this happen? Why does it happen? It happens because we let go of fear. Kubler-Rosse, when she was getting ready, she was doing that long study. She did that, that study on death and dying. And so she had all of these patients who were dying, and she checked on them every day. And what she found was that some patients were just inexplicably calm and peaceful. And she was trying to figure out why are these patients all of a sudden very calm and peaceful. And so she kind of tracked it, <clears throat> excuse me, she tracked it down and she, she found out that there was a cleaning lady that came in the morning that these people were, were, uh, were uh, you know, they're peaceful. And so she goes to the cleaning lady and she says, what are you doing to my patients? And she's like, no, I'm not doing anything to your patients. And, and, and Dr. Kubler-Rossa says, no, no, you don't understand my question. Whatever you're doing is really, really good. What is it that you're doing? And she says, I'm really not doing anything. I'm cleaning and I'm talking to them and I'm sharing the fact that I lost two children, two of my children. And God was there with me through this loss. And God bore me to the other side of my grief, and I'm telling you that in God you have nothing to fear. In God you have nothing to fear. And those patients were calm. And this was a cleaning lady, this was not a, a hospital chaplain, this was not the, sh the, the good words of a rabbi or a mom or a doctor. This was a, a simple woman who had an encounter where she said, I understand your grief, and it's got an end on the other side. Pentecost is about hearing. It's about letting go of our fears. It's about saying God will be God and that is enough. And as Brother Bob says, it's about being the church. How do I have an encounter in my church where God's face is revealed in a song, in a hug, in a visit, in a card? How is God going to be manifest? How is the Spirit going to flow? What doors are going to open for us in our love today? And in our commitment to have a walk with our loving, gracious healing God in Jesus. That's the promise of Pentecost. Jesus says there are words that must be spoken that you're not ready to hear. There are encounters of the holy that you are not ready for. Are we ready now? Can we let go our fear? I say we can. I say we have, I say we are. 
one of my favorite theology professors, when he was asked if he was saved, he always said the same thing. He says, I was saved, I am being saved, I will be saved. You know, because the, you know, the adage, you know, well, are you saved? It's like, well, I was saved 2,000 years ago. When were you saved? But I was saved, I am being saved. I will be saved. All three. We meet people, we have people in our past who have saved us. We know people in our lives right now who are saving us. We will have people in our lives who continue to save us in the larger sense of just showing us the love of God. Let us let go of our fear. Let us let go of whatever keeps us from opening those doors and touching the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of Pentecost. Amen. I would like to, at this time, just take a moment of silence and remember um, those who gave their lives defending our country so that we have the freedom to worship, we have the freedom to say what we need to say on God's, as God's church, as Christ's church. So let's just take a moment right now in honor. Gracious God, we give you thanks for those who have served to defend this country, to protect the freedoms that we enjoy in this sanctuary. May we be grateful for their sacrifice. May we honor it with the way we lead our lives. May we honor it with the way that we worship you. In your holy name on Pentecost, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.